Welcome to Behind the Byline, the Daily Northwestern's weekly look inside our newsroom as we interview our staffers on the key stories they're reporting on around campus and in Evanston. I'm Ryan Wangman, one of the Daily's audio editors this quarter, and I'll be your host today. For this episode, we're talking to campus reporter Aaron Wang, a first year who has talked to a couple of Northwestern professors who are helping NASA assemble a team for a three-year mission to Mars. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And again, so our main story today centers around communication professor Leslie DeChurch and McCormick professor Noshir Contractor, who are working with a global team of researchers to develop a predictive model of group performance, which anticipates conflicts and communication breakdowns among astronauts based on their personality traits. So Aaron, can you tell us a little bit more about how these professors got involved with this project? Sure. Um, so two years ago, NASA has announced their plan to send four astronauts to Mars. While scientists are still working through, uh, working to, to solve these engineering and technological problems, they also want to find out what the social and psychological obstacles are for people who actually carry out this mission. So because the, Mars, the mission to Mars itself will take at least three years, there's no way to, to end this earlier because you have to wait until the planet reached its like a uh, favor- favorable position, mm-hmm. so, and it is very challenging psychologically because just imagine you're confined in a space with other three people for three years, and there's, and when you look out the window when you're depressed, there's just like utter darkness outside, and there's even, I there's just completely complete isolation that you have. There's even a 10 minutes delay, uh, communication delay with the ground control. And like when we are working with people in our real life, we can sometimes get a break just by just leaving, just leaving people. But in space, you have to live, to live with people and also work together with them for like for three years. It's just so challenging psychologically. So. What these scientists, uh, what these researchers at Northwestern do is they ran an analog by kindly putting people in a confined space for about 45, 45 days and to see how they cooperate with each other and what, what kind of, um, how they deal with the isolation they have. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned the possible huge psychological impact they can have. So, you know, what have been the key findings of the professor's research so far and how has that kind of, you know, like you were saying, added a new element to how we understand going into space? Because like you were saying, mm-hmm. very important because of, you know, how long these people are spending with each other. Yeah, so so the researchers find that even some traits are, um, there, there's even some traits, some qualities that might be very healthy on Earth Things like consciousness that we consider consider to be a very good quality can actually drive people crazy when they're we're in space. Because just imagine that you're stuck in a very small space for a very long period of time and working on a very demanding schedule. And you have someone who is very detail-oriented around you to constantly remind you of your work, just like my Asian mom. So just... Yeah, you can probably endure that for one day or two days, but think about doing that for a whole three years. And, and also, yeah, and also researchers find um, 
obviously people with a good sense of humor can work better in groups, which is kind of relatable to our real life. Yeah, you know, you're working on a group project, you, you know, you can laugh it off, you're mm -hmm. easier to get along with. But what did they find? How do the group dynamics change as more time passes in a given mission? Because, you know, for relating it back to, to group projects or here on Earth, you know, the more time you pass, the more, you know, you can get antsy, you can get angry, you can maybe say some things you don't want to. So how does that, how does that work in space? So researchers found that after, which is kind of like after 30 days at the period of the third quarter, there's really a change in people's relationship when they're running the analog. There are sometimes, there are subgroups appeared. Like if for instance, there are four people in a group, then there are two people who always stick together and which made the, the, the other two people feel uncomfortable sometimes. And also there are, perfect situation when people are just always in sync with each other, but that happens very rarely. Yeah, so you, you kind of need to have the perfect mix of people to, to get that to happen. But, you know, I'd love your take on this story, if you're willing, and from your interviews with, with professors and just your knowledge of the subject, which you, you kind of showed in your story that you wrote, do you think this sounds like it could be some sort of breakthrough in scientific research? Because to me, it sounds like something that maybe hadn't been considered as heavily before. Mm-hmm. So one thing that is really fascinating about the model the research are building is that it is so accurate that it is able to predict as very specifically at what, what time the relationship between people will change. Like what they did is the researchers asked people about like uh, about the feelings towards each other every day and the model is able to predict like, on what on what day people will start to hate each other and things <laughs> like that. So, and they compared the prediction to their to the actual feeling that people have and this is pretty close. So just, just think about how powerful and probably how scary this model can be. Like for instance, what, what if it is applied to your, say, actual rela relationship? What if they can just um, predict your relationship outcome based on your personal traits? It's kind of scary to think about it. It's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it reminds me of that one Black Mirror episode where they, exactly. they can predict your relationship expiration date. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some real life science coming into play here. But so how important do you think that this in-depth understanding of interpersonal communication is to aiding the astronauts' actual missions in space? Mm. So as one of my interviewees said, it's just the relationship in space is almost like a group marriage. Because when you're in a normal work group, you have certain relationship with people and when you feel uncomfortable or things don't go well, you can have, you can get a break. But when you're in a, on a very long distance, a long distance space mission, not only can you not get away from the problems, but you have, you're very relying on everybody in your group to solve your, to help you to solve your, one of those challenges you have very personally. So every padded of details and minor aggressions can add up together and amplified continu continuously throughout three years. So which is like, which is like, the problems you faced are put are reflected in a house of mirror. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's crazy. And and so what's the next step in this process, if you know? When is the earliest this research could actually be used in a mission to space, you know, to Mars? 
Sure. So the next step of this experiment is to run a similar analog, but a longer one in Moscow, where they will put two Americans and four Russian astronauts together for 120 days. So this kind of cooperation on an international level really shows uh, people's determination as like one species to explore mm -hmm. Mars together. And yeah, so by, by the time that NASA announced for people to go to Mars is by 2033. So there's still a pretty long time for the experiment uh, result to be actually applied to the mission. But nevertheless, it's still helpful for us to understand a lot of aspects of group work that, that can be applied in our daily life. So Matt Damon in The Martian isn't happening anytime soon. Yeah, no. Um, but so for this last last section here, uh, I want to do something that we, we do on this podcast every time and, and shift to a little bit more of the personal side and, and go kind of behind the byline, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that goes with talking to our reporters about their story processes. So can you describe to our audience what it was like reporting on the story and what draws you to you know science or space reporting? Yeah, so what really challenged me to report on the story is that is to write it in a very engaging way because newspaper articles always have a very formulated structure as what we call it inverse pyramid that asks us to put every information in the descending order of importance but the problems when you're dealing with science reporting is that the most probably most intriguing fascinating aspects are not necessarily the most important ones. So for instance, what I really enjoy from learning my interviewees is that they observe, uh, they observe some very interesting dynamics among people who, who uh, during the analog. So there's a case in which two analog astronauts developed a very romantic feeling towards each other and made the group a little bit divisive. And there's also another group, another case in which all crew members hate one person while that person didn't find out for the whole time. So so as one professor said it, it was just like observing or watching a reality television show. But like when you are actually reporting it, you have to write the paragraph that summarizes like who, what, where, when in the very beginning of the article. And that inevitably force you to write a lot of tedious clauses <laughs> that prevent people from reading the actual um, interesting findings of this article of the story. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. always hard to figure out kind of that balance of what's most interesting to you but then what is most needed to be said. Yeah. Um, how hard was it, you know, just thinking about, you know, this, this story you know, has a lot of research and how hard was it for you to grasp that research and how did you manage to do it? Well, it was a little bit challenging at first because really the goal is, the goal of this research is very, is very comprehensive. Like they're not only building a predictive model of performance, of group performance, they're also providing suggestions, a, a manual that can actually help people when they're, when they are struggle with uh, interpersonal uh, problems. So, but, but I'm really grateful for my editor who helped me to construct my article with accuracy and conciseness. Awesome. So yeah, a yeah. final question for you, and this is something I'm always curious about um, in my own reporting, but did anything happen while you were reporting on the story that maybe you didn't expect or maybe shifted your angle on this piece than what you came in thinking it was going to be about? Hmm. So 
when I first learned about what the, the the researchers were doing, I had no idea about how important astronauts' mentality and social interactions were in space. But one professor told me a story that happened forty years ago in a mission called Skylab. So three astronauts were at the time abroad the first American space station. And and one day they just stopped talking to Earth, they just they cut off the radio communication, stopped working, and just spent a whole day looking out of the window. So people later found out that they were just so stressed about the demanding schedule they had, and went on went on a strike. It just just it the idea of space strike strike just never occurred to me, and so because we always think that astronauts are should be so energetic and resilient, super like they're just like superheroes that can can represent all the human beings to break the boundaries, the limits that nature set for us. But I still, by writing the story, I really want to let my readers to recognize the the human side, the human factors of space mission, and become more empathetic towards um, towards the astronauts who carry this. Who um, who take these challenges for us? Absolutely. Well, that just about wraps up our latest episode of Behind the Byline. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your story today. Tune in next week for a new reporter, a new storyline, as as always, your latest in top Evanston and campus news. Thanks for listening, and for the Daily Northwestern, I'm Ryan Wayman. Thanks for listening to Behind the Byline today. Make sure to follow us at The Daily Northwestern on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.